0: For over a decade, I've combined four generations of family matchmaking tradition with modern relationship psychology, behavioral science, and dating trends. With this unique expertise each week, I bring a guest on to talk about dating and relationships while answering your questions. You can ask a question by visiting askamatchmaker.com. This week's guest is Michelle Clare. In a span of 11 years, she had three near-death experiences. The first was in April 2000. The second was in May 2006 and a monumental life-changing event in which Michelle suffered a traumatic brain injury on November 1st, 2011. Shortly after this life-altering event, she started receiving information for other people from their loved ones who had transitioned. All three near-death experiences were a reminder of an unconditional love and connection that surpasses our earthly life. This is a very different Ask a Matchmaker episode uh, than other weeks, that is for sure. During readings, Michelle is divinely guided by the client's spirit team to lovingly empower, direct, provide comfort, and hope for each individual. She is known for giving factual information, personality traits, characteristics, and validations of signs that loved ones are sending. She helps each person she reads to raise their vibration, clear their energy, understand that they are not living life alone. Like I said, a different episode than we typically have at Ask a Matchmaker. Welcome Michelle Claire.
1: Thank you. I am so excited to be here with you today.
0: I'm excited because uh your people reach out to my people and when I was reading, you know, this bio I was like, okay, I don't we're going to find a way this, a way that this relates back to dating and relationships and love because everything always leads back there but you know, so many questions.
1: Yes. And you're right. It's all about love. So it's very connected with love and we can get into soulmates and all of these fun things. So it's all yes. interconnected.
0: I'm so excited to talk about soulmates. Uh, so just, you know, my first question really quick, like, so, okay. I don't know the vocabulary here, but mm-hmm. are you a psychic? I
1: go by medium only because some people find psychic a little bit too woo-woo, right? So I go by, um, but yes, technically I'm a psychic medium. When I connect for people, I connect with their loved ones in spirit. I connect to angels, life guides, and psychic information. So when I'm working, a lot of times the two most common questions I have are about number one, love life, and number Mm. two, career.
0: Well, did you have these abilities before your near-death experience?
1: you know, I had them a little bit. When I was 12 years old, my grandfather passed away and I noticed he and I could still communicate. So I would tell my mother the things he was saying. And my mom would say, well, I know that's what you think he would say if he was here. So I kind of learned to just tone that down and keep that between me and grandpa, you know, as we move through life. But then as I had these near-death experiences, it opened them up more and more and more.
0: Okay. Wait, let's take a step back. So (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, hold up. So when you say like your grandfather was communicating with do with, you like Do you see him or is it just like a little voice inside you? Like explain that to me.
1: Yeah. Well, he was really good at giving me dream visits and communication. So he would come to me when I'm sleeping. And I often hear this from people whose loved ones have transitioned. Sometimes even four people in a family will have the same dream one night of their loved one and they're in this yellow blouse or this shirt. And it looked, they were on the golf course or whatever this is. So he would start coming to me in dreams and just tell me different things about, school about what was going on in my life about how I could help my mom. It was very real. And it was very much showing me how connected he still was to everything that was happening in my life today.
0: So the, the, the third near death experience, can you tell me a little bit more about that?
1: Yes, because that one was huge. Um, well, they all are, right? You can't really have a near death experience and it not be huge. <laughs> I, I, I'm
0: sorry. Do you want to tell listen, if you want to tell me about all three, I'm sure we yeah. all want to know. So
1: <laughs> Right. Um well the third one, well let's we'll go there because that is my my biggest one. But I was up I have 14 foot ceilings in my house and I was up on a ladder. I have three kids at the times they were five, um, eight and ten. And Mm -hmm. I was up on this ladder and I could feel the ladder was about to shift. Um, And I knew I was going to fall. So what happened was I literally remember thinking, oh, this is going to hurt. My two younger kids were at home and my older one was in school. And at that moment, I was literally like yanked out of my body. It did not hurt, but I was just gone. And I was watching and I could see my body suspended in the air. I could see the ladder suspended in the air. And I was standing with these three people who I did not know, two males and one female. But I felt like I had known them my whole life. They felt like close family or friends, but I actually knew I did not recognize them. And they were saying to me, what do you want to do? Do you want to stay this time or do you want to go? And I remember I was in this space with this unconditional love, this completeness, contentment. I, we really don't have human words that describe the feelings of the emotions that I was having. Right. And I was just in shock because I was watching my body and I thought, well, I'm going to hit the floor in less than a second. And I have forever to decide. There was nothing in my mind where they were, they weren't rushing me. They weren't saying, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> You've got to decide. And as I was watching my body and in this space with these three people, I saw this beautiful, huge angel come in and the angel came in on. So I was kind of facing myself actually, as this is happening. And I could see myself that way. And I knew as this angel came in that this angel was there to follow through with my decision. So if I decided to go, they would, it would happen. And if I decided to stay, they would make that happen. And as I stood there, there was information coming through on multiple levels. So not just our human level, but on my soul level. And they they were telling me that if I chose to stay this time, things were going to be different. I was going to come back as a medium. And I believe they told me a lot of things that I don't understand or remember at this moment. But there was a lot of information coming in. And then I could see my two kids who were in the kitchen. And when I saw my kids, I knew I was staying. And before I could even comprehend everything that happened. I was back in my body. Um, I had hit the back of the corner of my head on the corner of my granite kitchen Island. And I had a five and a half inch skull fracture, a brain bleed. I lost my taste, my smell, part of my hearing, my equilibrium, all of these things. Um, well I had miracles happen. They came back years later, but in the moment, so in the moment though, the doctors told me I literally survived that fall half an inch by half an inch, it missed my brainstem by half an inch. And so I knew without a doubt, that was that angel that had come in, had moved my head just enough. But yes, at the time, the neurologist and the neurosurgeons, they had all told me those things were gone forever, that they might improve in the first six months. But then in six to 12 months, they would only get one to 2% better from where Mm. they had been in the first six months. And um, that was really hard to hear because at six months out, I was not doing nearly as well as I had hoped, but with time. And I actually found a person who does um, healing services in paradise Valley. I live in the Phoenix area and I went to one of those and I did receive a healing and it was life-changing on top of everything else I had been through.
0: Wow. Wow. Just, wow. Um, I don't, I don't know what questions I'm supposed to ask when people say angels, Yeah, but I, I, I know there's supposed to be a question there. If it comes to me, we'll ask it. But um, yeah. but uh, that is really interesting. And then you said that after that experience, your mediumship abilities started. What they were enhanced? I guess. Yes,
1: absolutely, they were. Well, not immediately that I was aware of, because I mean, I was in ICU and in the hospital. Oh yeah, you're a a rehabilitating.
0: Yeah, totally. I get yeah. that. How long I've- was your rehabilitation?
1: So it actually took months because in the hospital, though, they did vestibular therapy on me, which made the difference. I was literally then able to sit up because I wasn't even I couldn't even sit up. I was. um, So, yeah. So it took months of different things with cranial, sacral therapy, physical therapy, things like that. Um, But. What happened? So my accident. For people who love numbers, it happened on eleven one eleven. So there's a lot of ones on that day. Lots of
0: ones there. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. And um, so my my five and eight year old were home at the time, and this was the first of November. And then by January, I was looking pretty normal. So my kids were thinking, Yeah, mom's mom's gonna be okay. You know, everybody was kind of getting back into normal. And my son, who was five at the time, would come to me, my mother, my mother in law, anyone who would listen, and he would say, I didn't need to to be there because he had tried to call 911 and the call didn't go through. And my eight-year-old daughter called and it had gone through. And we just thought, you know, maybe he accidentally dialed 991. Who knew, right? He was five. And and so he started getting very depressed and he would say, I didn't need to be there. I did nothing to help you. And we would say, but you opened the door for the policemen. You let them in the house. Like we were really trying to build him up, but we couldn't We couldn't find anything that was making a difference. The end of January of 2012, my grandfather who passed away when I was 12 came through to me, was talking about my accident, talking about my head injury, talking about my son who they've never lived on this earth at the same time. And he said to me before he left, he said, Michelle, you need to get the 911 recording. There's something on there. You should know. And he was gone. And I was, yes, yes. And that's exactly Me too. Me too. What did you do next? So, of course, when somebody comes through with that message, you're like, I better get that recording. So I went down, filled out the paperwork. Took a couple of weeks for it to you come. You can in.
0: get that. I didn't even know you could get that. Yeah, I okay. didn't
1: either. That had never so this is how I know this is spirit. This is not my imagination. This is not me wanting right. this to be real because. It had never crossed my mind to get the recording. No one had mentioned it. I hadn't, I don't know. Right. So I'm like you, I didn't even know you could do that. Right. Unless it was some high profile case. Like you're watching on the news at, you know, right. five o'clock. Right. So I go down, fill out the paperwork, get it in a couple of weeks. I play it and I hear them say 911, what's your emergency? And I hear my son in his little broken voice. He says to his sister, Sophie, what do I say? And he lays the phone down. And for the next minute and a half, 911 is trying to get their attention and saying, can you hear us? What's happening? And you hear them in the background talking. And he says, I'm going to push the panic button on the house alarm. And my daughter says, hold on, let me try calling 911 first. She hangs up the phone and then her 911
0: call goes through. Wow. And so, did you, did you, I mean, now how old is your, your son is still he five? five.
1: He was five at okay. the time. He's 15 now. So this was 10 years ago.
0: Right. So and, he okay. I did okay. not play
1: it. I didn't play the recording because it was very traumatic. You could right. hear the trauma in them. Um, but when he came home from kindergarten that day, I said to him, I said, Josh, your 911 call went through. And it was like, I had lifted a 10,000 pound weight off this five-year-old little boy. And it literally, I believe changed the course of his life. And at that point in time, I had to say, okay, I've got to go with this mediumship road because I literally saw it change lives. And I saw my grandfather who's never walked this earth with my son come through and give me a life-changing message for him.
0: Wow. In just a few months, in in three months. Yes. Uh, Two months. Right. Wow. And you know, since then, I, I, so it seems like you've been doing this for over a decade now or yes. almost a decade. How do you prepare for, or like, do you do readings?
1: I do. I do okay. one-on-one readings. Yes. And Are you readings?
0: prepare for one. Oh, and you yeah, do group readings. Okay. I do.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, You know, I prepare by, I, I really, I'm always, when I'm going to have a reading, I say that the information that comes through will be in this person's highest good, and it will only come through in light and love. And at that point in time, I open up because I trust we all have. So we all have angels. We all have life guides. We all have loved ones around us that have already transitioned. And I call that our spirit team. And so I know that when I open up the information I'm going to get for the person I'm sitting with is coming through in light and love and for their highest good.
0: So when you say angels, like what do you mean exactly?
1: I mean, beings of light that are actually here to assist us on our journey.
0: Okay. Okay. And so it's like, so it's less religion, right? And it's more, I don't know, aura, I have no idea what, what the yeah. word is here. In my,
1: in my first near-death experience, I met one of my guardian angels. And what I mm-hmm. described was she didn't have wings made of feathers. Her wings were light or energy, and they somehow almost seemed to span eternity, like the way that they trailed off. So mm-hmm. in our human mind, we think, you know, and there are some religions where angels, you know, come to deliver bad messages or this or that. It's not, it's not that it's really about, um, beings of light that are literally here to help support us and guide us on our journey.
0: And so right now, when you do a reading, mm-hmm. are you, are you being visited? Like when you, so for instance, I get, again, more vocabulary, like you say spirit. Mm-hmm. I get the sense that when you say the word spirit, it's with like a capital S, like it's yes. like a noun, not necessarily. So what, what is, what is that, what does that mean?
1: Okay. Well, sometimes when I say spirit like that, what that means is I'll be getting information from more than one being at a time. So sometimes when I'm reading for a person, like say I have grandma and grandpa here, and it's uh-huh. almost as if they're speaking with one voice. So I just say, I spirit's see. telling me to tell you. Um, but other times I'm, oh. I'll say, I'm absolutely getting this information from grandma or this is coming from an angel. This is coming from a life guide. So so it's broad and it's very focused all at the same time.
0: Do you Do you have... So I know there's a show that has this and, I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm sure it's similar. Like when people ask me about, you know, the millionaire matchmaker, I'm like, I've never watched that show. So I have no idea. I've seen a few I clips. Know. So I understand what people mean. And I'm assuming I've never, I don't watch reality TV, but I'm sure you've heard of the show medium as well. And a few clips that I've seen, it's like, she just randomly talks to people on the street and just tells them things. And is that what, like, do you have people's consent before you talk to them? Or yes. are you just sharing yes. messages left and right?
1: Right. No. Um, and I will tell you, I don't think, I, I feel like that is produced, you know, to be of that course. way, to look like it's that. TV. It's
0: yes. TV. Yeah.
1: So I don't feel like mediums are really walking around wide open, getting messages because we have lives too. We have husbands, kids, wives, dogs, groceries. We need to get doctor's appointments we need to make. And so walking around open like that all of the time really isn't productive for anyone. But when, so no, most of the time when I go to the grocery store, I'm really just at the grocery store. I don't walk in. I don't start reading people. I don't, you know, start trying to see who's your, in your energy or whatever that is. Um, but I will say when I go down to sit into a reading, that's when I open up and I say, okay, spirit, what do we need to know here? And I'm not necessarily trying to guess what you need to know ever, because I know that there's a higher source that knows what you need to know. And I don't, I'm just the messenger. I'm just telling you what I'm hearing for you.
0: Oh, Okay. I love, I I, I like that. You know, you mentioned soulmates before, have you ever met someone where there are no spirits that? want to give a message. Does everyone have someone that they can collect from?
1: Yeah. There's always a message. So let's just say you're, you're a really blessed person and you've never had somebody transition or pass away. However you want to say that, right? Mm -hmm. So all of your loved ones are currently in your life. You still have angels, life guides, and you have this future ahead of you. So you still will have information and I could still give you a reading, even if it's not wanting to connect with someone in spirit specifically.
0: And well, since we mentioned on soulmates, do you Mm -hmm. feel like there's only one, I I have, I have an opinion about this. I'd love to hear Mm -hmm. yours first, but like, do you Mm -hmm. feel like there's only one soulmate
1: for each person? I don't feel like that's true for most. I really don't. Okay. So I also believe in like pre-life planning. So I don't think our souls just randomly end up here on this earth and we're like, Oh, what just happened? I think there's some planning that goes into that. And, and I have met clients who have been like, Oh, my first husband was my soulmate, but the, the guy I'm with now, my second husband or my partner, he's my soulmate too. And I absolutely believe that it's very likely that most people can have more than one soulmate. But I also think there's a planning that happens on that soul level. So some of us come in and we say, Nope, I'm going to meet my partner. I'm going to be married 70 years and then I'm dying. And, and, the, and you've heard these stories of people who have been married 70 years and died within minutes or hours right. of each other. Right. And so right. on some level you say, okay. That is a soulmate. That is this contract where they literally said, I don't want to live without you in this life. Mm. But then there are other people who have had multiple marriages or multiple relationships, and truly each one is a soulmate on a different level.
0: So when I look at soulmates, I, I feel like, I don't know if, I don't, so again, like this is, you have very different vocabulary. So I really like the what you said about pre life planning, but I feel like, you get multiple soulmates in life, but they're Mm -hmm. not necessarily have to be like romantically linked to you. Like, I think one of the worst parts of that word is the mate part. So I, you know, like I have girlfriends that I call soul sisters. Yes, And I feel like, you know, even my son, my daughter, my husband, my parents, my sister, these people are also my soulmates because I was meant to be in their life. Mm -hmm. They were meant to be in mine. And maybe I you know, I don't know how much I believe in like previous lives. Mm-hmm. If you do, you'll have to tell me. But um <laughs> but if if there is a previous life and if there's an afterlife, like uh um, What's reincarnation, I'm going to continue to see the same soulmates over and over again. And the reason why I believe this is that you get all these multiple soulmates to kind of guide you in life in, in the flesh is because I've met the anti-soulmate multiple times. You know, my job is to interview people for a living. And there have been many instances, you know, I interview about not for the podcast. I'm talking about as like a matchmaker. I interview mm-hmm. about four people a day for the last 10 years. And I can remember, I don't remember all the interviews I've had, but I can remember the ones where I was like, Oh, I am not, not about them. They were perfectly fine. The, the, the thought, the first 30 seconds where I, I thought to myself, Ooh, I am not supposed to know you in this life. Like right. I am not getting a good energy here. One time I remember meeting this woman, I think it was in 2000. I even remember where we were cause she didn't want to meet in the office. So we met at a wine bar. I do not do that anymore in case anyone's listening. <laughs> 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 but, um, but you know, it's back in 2011, so 10 years ago. And I mean, gosh, even within three minutes, she was like, I don't think we're supposed to be here together. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm supposed to know you. Mm-hmm. And we just paid for drinks and we just, you know, we left, I, I left, she stayed or whatever, but I just did not. I know what an anti soulmate is, which Mm -hmm. makes me believe that there are multiple soulmates. Like I have met, I mean, it's like, like I just said before, like I have had, I have met 10,000 people. I don't remember all 10,000 people, but I remember every single person. I was not, I don't remember their names, but I remember the feeling of like, you know, I think it's like like seven people that Mm -hmm. I was like, I am not supposed to know you. Like there's no reason for us to be communicating right now. And, you know, you, you end the interview very quickly and, uh, you know, what do you think about everything I'm saying?
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I think it's right. What we call that in my world is called soul family. So your soul, soul family. family, we okay. have soul families and those tend to be groups of souls that tend to stay together and they, right. and they learn lessons. And, and so very often, yes, they, they're soul family. So you're very, but you know, have, have you seen the families where there's always that one person where you look at them and you're, they're either the black sheep of the family, yeah. or we say they don't fit. or they think they were adopted or whatever this is. So there are oftentimes in this school of life where groups of souls that tend to get along really well will bring in a soul from another soul family to help learn and grow and expand, whether it's for that soul or everyone involved. It's usually for everyone's highest good in one way, shape or form.
0: Wow. Okay. And how, like, how does... I mean, since we're mentioning now soulmates, like how does someone attract their soulmate? Like, do you have obviously have my own philosophy. Yeah. As a as a dating professional. Right. But from a soul perspective, since this is your area of expertise, how do you you know how how, what would you tell my listeners like, how does someone attract a soulmate?
1: Yeah. I, I would I would say it's about our vibration or our energy that we're putting out. So the soulmate that you're looking for is the person you need to be. So if you want someone who's faithful, who's loyal, who's kind, who's productive, who's whatever your, your characteristics are, that's gotta be the energy that you're putting out. Because in my world, (laughs) I love that we're blending our worlds today. Like attracts like, and so, and so so, what you're looking for in a partner, that's who you have to be. You know, it's
0: funny, like, attract legs, because, like, one of the things that I get, I have said multiple times to people is if you're meeting someone who is avoidant, or if you're meeting someone who, not even avoidant, if you tell me, like, you know, oh, you know, I have to, play, what's the the word? Like, if you don't want a person who plays games and isn't avoidant, you have to stop being avoidant yourself. And what I mean by that is, you know, recently a woman told me, oh, but we went on, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't texted me all day. He texted me at eight o'clock. So I'm going to text him tomorrow morning. And I'm like, well, then he's just you guys are going to keep playing that because you're doing that. But if you got a text, you know, who knows what happened today that he texted you at 8 p.m. But the fact of the matter is that he did text at 8 p.m., which means that you if you read it at eight o five, you reply back at eight o six, Right. And then, you know, you should be emulating the behavior you want from others. And if they can't meet that standard, mm-hmm. your measure, your par of standards, then you let them go because they're not for you.
1: Absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. And with the client that was asking me, well, how do I gauge him? How do I know if he wants a girlfriend? How do I know if he's the right fit? I said, that's work you do inside because he will either, you will show up as your best self and he will either meet that or he will get pushed away because if he can't match what you're putting out there, then that's a very clear answer. That's not your soulmate. Yeah. I always,
0: this is why I get really it's so interesting because I think sometimes we put people on a pedestal when we first meet them, especially if we like them. Like, know, we like they're good looking.
1: Yeah, they're good looking. The first
0: whatever. date it goes well. Maybe there's a kiss at the end. Now that people are getting vaccinated, that's happening again. You know, you're in this position where you're putting people on a pedestal. You had a really great date, and all of a sudden you've put this person so high up, and it's like, does he like me? Does he like? And it's like, well, do you like him? because is he on a pedestal? Like, why is he on this pedestal? What happened? Why do you think you, why do you want him to like you? Because you don't even know if you like them. This, you know, someone messaged me on Tuesday about the, you know, they went on a date on Sunday. Um, They slept together on Monday. They had known each other from before through friends. And she, you know, it was Thursday. So she's like, you know, uh, does he like me? I really like him. I go, what do you like about him? What, tell me what you like about him, that you had a really great first date. Great. Clearly you, you know, you, you know, had sex on the second date. I, I totally understand. I've been there. I get it. But what do you know about him? Because the things that you're about to tell me that you know about him, that could be any guy in the first two dates, everything looks the same. Right. And what's, and I remember, I remember responding to her saying right now you are drunk on hormones. You're drunk <laughs> on oxytocin and you need to go do things, keep yourself distracted keep yourself busy. If he messages you great, set up that third date. You can also message him. He's seen you naked. Who gives a shit, (laughs) right? (laughs) If he likes you, it doesn't matter if you text him. Honestly, Honestly. Mm -hmm. Michelle, am I wrong here? If, if, if it does not matter, like, I know, I, I know you don't know this about me, but I, I have this dating method called the 12 date rule, which means that like, you know, um, you have to go on 12 dates with someone before you sleep with them but my date math is really lenient. honestly, if you, if you look at the date (laughs) math, it's like five date rule, but whatever. Anyway, (laughs) because you have to, you have to spend time. So each date equals something. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, my listeners go on my Instagram. I have a whole highlight there called the 12 date rule. Click it. You'll get all the definitions, all that stuff. Okay. Anyway, you know, ultimately what I want is for you to get to know someone and, and, and emotionally connect with them. Mm-hmm. And I think you can, you can still emotionally connect with someone on a first date on a second date, third day. doesn't matter when you have sex, but the, the point is that, you know, if you put in the time, you might know them on an even more deeper level than you would. I mean, this is just, this is just logic. You're going to know someone more after 10 days than after two days. And I think sometimes you put these pedestal things, oh, he's so different and he's amazing. You're drunk. <laughs> Right. (laughs) (laughs) You have a hormone cocktail within you right now. You're drunk. Anyway. So before you, when you're saying about attracting someone's soulmate, correct me if I'm wrong, you're saying, you know, we have to emulate who we want to be, who we want to be with. Mm -hmm. And, and then is there like, you know, some, you know, are we, are we, brain of crystals. uh, Give me your world. What is, what is the other, what is the other spiritual side of a soulmate here? Like what else do we do to attract them?
1: Right. It's really about vibration. And so vibration or your energy or what you're putting out and how many times, and I'm really curious about this. Have you, have you had someone who was like the minute I stopped looking for my soulmate and focused on work, guess who showed up and they, and they're in this amazing relationship, Right. So, but that's because sometimes we look at stuff like that and especially women, I feel like, and we were, and they worry, and they worry. Oh my gosh, I'm 30. I haven't found him. I wanted to be married. I wanted to have kids by now or whatever this is. I'm 35, I'm getting older, whatever they're telling me, these stories. But the minute you stop putting the worry energy on him and you start turning it into, I'm happy, I'm living my life. I'm content, I'm growing. I know that this is coming for me and the right guy's going to show up it changes the energy and then you're busy working or you're busy doing something and boom
0: there they are i i would agree with you i remember like even when i met my husband god i went through such a whole phase that year but cuz i felt like i kind of knew like the right my guy is coming so let me just get this all out of my system sort of thing right but i remember the, you know exactly 9 days before i met my husband i mean i remember thinking in my soul like i am ready I am yes. ready for him to come and he's just gonna come and I don't have to worry about it. I am ready. And it, it actually reminds me of um, I was listening to Viola Davis speak when about how she met her husband and she prayed about it. Mm-hmm. She spoke to a friend and he told her, You need to pray. Mm-hmm. Pray for a man. And she was like, What? You know, whatever. And then she talks about the prayer that she did about she basically, you know, manifested. She said, No, he needs to be this and this and this and this. And I just appreciated her sharing that because I feel like you put it. I'm not say you put it in God's hand because I'm not that religious, but
1: you put there it is onto the, the universe.
0: Yes, you put it onto the universe. But you know what? There's also this other thing. Like you know, they say that God is divine, and that's that's. I mean, gosh, that's a definition, right? But mm-hmm. to me, love is divine. You know, my company's name is Agape Match, and. Agape means loving Greek. We have so many words for Greek. It's disgusting. But I really like the definition that Aristotle gave. So Aristotle said that agape is one soul's recognition of another soul. Mm -hmm. And to me, like, I feel like what Viola Davis did or what I did or what so many other people who have just like, it's like, I know who I am. I'm self-aware. I can be honest with myself and my own limitations. And now I just, I don't want to say I have to trust, but I have to let it, I have to let the world give it to me. But that also means you have to be open, right? Because we can say this all day, but if you're not going out, if you're not putting in the effort, if you're not putting those, I I, tell me, correct me if I'm wrong. If you don't put those vibrations out in the public sphere, nothing's happening.
1: Exactly. That's why it's all about the energy and the like attracting, attracting like, and that's how come. You have to be the soulmate that you want to attract or bring into your world. And I love the way you were talking about the prayers or praying for your husband, mm-hmm. because to me, prayers are just energy. And so that's exactly what I'm talking about, about saying, okay, universe, I'm ready. I'm looking for this, 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 but here's the key. You can't trick the universe. You actually have to be ready. You have to have done the work. You have to be solid in who you are. And you have to, here's another key, be ready to receive, because I've talked to clients who are like, oh, well you profile this guy for me on Instagram and this and that? And I, and I said, you know what? I said, it doesn't matter if he's offering to send you roses and this and that and whatever, you're not ready to receive it. So, so at some point you actually have to be ready to receive the love that another human is willing to give you. Otherwise that's not going to work.
0: Wait, 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 wait. People ask you to profile yes. other people.
1: Yes. Right, do. What are you
0: like a background check service? I don't understand. Am I- <laughs> So a lot of times, Michelle, do you want to be on the agape match payroll after this? What do you mean? Like, what do you mean? What? Well, because
1: what specifically, usually it's my friends that will call me, my friends who aren't psychic mediums and say, Michelle, I'm dating this guy. Can you tell me what you think? Does it feel like it has potential to go further? Does he feel like the right match? Does it feel like, and all of that. And, and a lot of that energy I can get just off of looking at someone's picture. I don't even need to. To know them when I'm doing that. So yeah, there is a little bit of when I say profile, it is kind of like, I feel a profile of this person's energy compared with theirs. And then I look at that long-term, does that look like, ah, well, it looks like you guys might have a great two months of sex and dating. And then that's, that's going to be a wrap, you know, or I can feel like, well, no, this, this actually has potential to be that long-term relationship you're looking for.
0: And then how does, how much does free will affect all this?
1: Yeah so much, right? Because just like what I said a minute ago, my client, this guy, yeah, he's really interested in you. Like I can feel he has a good energy read all of that. But if you're not willing to receive the roses, he wants to send you if you're not willing to open your heart, because people get caught in that game that you were talking about earlier, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're like, Oh, kind of chase me a little bit. Let me make sure you really want me. Or this is something that kind of drives me a little bit crazy. But people will on their social media pages, you know, there's all these apps where you can fix the way you look and you can yeah. like make your face thinner. And then when the guy shows up, who's interested in you, he's not interested in you. He's interested in her, the person the you have portrayed. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. That That's really brutal. Um, mm-hmm. I can't, you know, now that you mentioned that, like sometimes people sign up in our database and they will have the overly filtered photos. And I have to ask, A member on my team, can you please find real photos of this person online? Because I can't. This is not. I don't want to see filtered photos. Forget the guy. You know, like I don't want to see them because it's like I don't. It's not a real person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but that's that's so interesting that you know you mentioned that. And when you are, I don't even know if this is like an inappropriate question to ask, but like when when you are talking to them, like you're talking to me right now, Mm -hmm. right? Are you seeing like little angels around, like on my shoulder? Like, how does this? Are you hearing things?
1: So God, right we're on now, Zoom,
0: so I don't even know how much the frequency changes on a Zoom. Too is this like an in person
1: thing? Mm. Yeah, no, it doesn't change. I do probably at least two thirds of my readings on Zoom now, especially since COVID. So the energy doesn't change. I still connect with loved ones, but like how we're having this conversation right now, I'm not in the frame of mind where I'm sitting here reading you. But if right. I wanted to, I could do it in two seconds. So. That's the part where we were talking earlier about how, like, I don't walk around reading people. Right Right. now we're in this great conversation, you know, and that's fun. But if you wanted me to read you, then I have to go to a different state of mind, literally, which is more of a meditative state where I get quiet, Michelle's quiet, and I listen to what I'm hearing for you.
0: Do do I want a reading? You're a little skeptical
1: right now, so I think you need to think about it a little bit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I love that you picked up on the skepticism. Not is it skepticism? Is that the right verb? I think I've lost a lot of my faith this past Mm -hmm. year, in like during COVID. Right, and I'm not the only one. I know many people have lost their faith. I still am very spiritual. Like I believe in energy. Mm -hmm. I believe in manifesting absolutely believe in manifesting. I, I know I'm not the only one who has struggled with faith this year is what I'm trying to say. And I think has more the the religious side of it than the spiritual side, like the spiritual stuff I love. I'm mm-hmm. totally into that it's the religious aspect. And I think before, when you mentioned angels or the fact that there's two massive angel statues they are like seven <laughs> feet tall behind you. Like, it's like, huh, is this a religious, like, you know, you, you ask, you know, cause if yeah. someone has, if someone is agnostic, right. Like how much of this is in my realm versus yours? You know what I mean? I like-
1: love that you said that one of my very best friends is atheist and mm-hmm. i love it and we have the best conversations she supports me 100% and i tell her i'll Great. see you when this life is over and she says i hope you're right and i laugh and you I know what i mean yeah because to me that is that doesn't matter i'm not worried about someone what their religious beliefs are how they were brought up i don't think of god either as a santa claus type god sitting there with the judgment let me be clear on all three of my near-death experiences, I was never judged once. So there's Mm. really this part about this love. To me, the word God is also the word love. I want to say love says you should come here and live a great life. Love says you should come here and be the best person you should be. It's really all about love and not just that romantic love, but just truly loving people and yourself.
0: I love that. How can people find you? Yeah,
1: they can go to my website, Michelle Clare, C L A R E.net and my upcoming events and book readings and all that good stuff. There's also a lot of information on that website
0: too. And they can book a reading with you if they want on the website, correct?
1: Yes, absolutely. Great.
0: Well, I will leave that link in the episode notes. And if you want a reading with Michelle Claire, check it out there. Michelle, thank you so much for coming to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast.
1: Yes, it's been fun. Thank you for having me.
0: And thank you for listening to Ask a Matchmaker. Each week, I feel so grateful to receive your questions and provide answers. If you enjoyed today's episode and want want to listen to more episodes, follow the Ask a Matchmaker podcast and you'll get all of this great dating and relationship content dropped into your podcast app each Wednesday. Do you have a dating or relationship question? Visit askamatchmaker.com to submit a 60-second audio question. You can also follow me on Instagram at matchmakermaria for more dating and relationship tips. Until then, be lovable and more importantly, be likable. See you next week.